Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you in this new church here in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And so as you know, last week we ended the church year. And it ended with the crucified Jesus for the last days. We really do need that kind of Jesus. But now as a new church year, we recognize his coming as the king of glory. And it's that image that we pull from Palm Sunday and we put it at the beginning of the start of the church here with Jesus who rides into Jerusalem. It's the way it is every year. You already hear the Advent theme, though, that starts the church here from the Old Testament. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And so if you had to explain Advent to somebody, some of the younger people, Younger members don't even have a clue what Advent is. You can count on that being pretty much a common thing today. Advent, as you know, is a penitential season. That's why you kind of have the purple. It's the older color. But it's a penitential season. Partly remember, yes, the depth of darkness that we're all saturated in. But it's also about the hope. There's the blue. The hope that we have in Christ who comes the royalty of the kind of king he is to be. And so there is a growing light in the darkness beyond just, again, recalling Christ's birth. That's important, but that's not the whole church here. This is the point. It's over how he is coming again. You know the whole Christmas, Easter, and resurrection story and so now really it's to recall how he will come again in glory that we'll all will see the advent wreath grows over the next weeks in the light of that hopefulness and i hope it extends far beyond a manger scene but to the man jesus and who is god for us now considering the gospel text let's go to the end of the reading because that's where you hear Advent. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, who is this? There's something unique about that word, stir up. You're going to hear it prayed in all the collects. Maybe you've never paid attention to that, but every year, the collects are always something about stir up through all the Sundays of Advent. But it's also important to the gospel writer, Matthew, that word. He only uses it a few times. And guess where? On Palm Sunday, you heard it. It's over the death of Jesus when an earthquake was stirred up. And finally, the soldiers were also stirred up by an angel at the tomb, and they fell down like dead men. That's the only places where Matthew uses that word. Funny, isn't it? Matthew shows by that little word the gospel of Jesus Christ stirred up everything by his life, death, and resurrection. And so Hebrews even uses that word particular. There's only a couple other spots where it's used. Revelation and Hebrews. And he, Hebrews is the word for Christ's return and kingdom saying this. He has promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth. Shake means to stir up. Not only the earth, 
but also the heavens, which is the whole universe. There really is no weariness, you see, with Christ and his coming. Since God's power is stirred up, is to save. Now, a new church year comes with Christ in a very specific way. The visible entry of him into Jerusalem is now tied to his coming into the New Testament church. It's a fulfillment of Scripture, not merely for Palm Sunday, but for all times, as Isaiah wrote, say to the daughter of Zion, Preaching God's word is what we mean when we say. It means to preach, to proclaim, to put forth the gospel, which is glorified in Christ and calls all to faith in him. Zion as a place, I mean, your church is named Zion. Do you know what it means? I wrote about it when I first came to your pastor. The first three newsletter articles were all about Zion Lutheran Church. In Jerusalem, where God's holy temple rested. Israel, in relation to God's presence on Mount Zion, would be in his care like a daughter. Because there's the mountain, and God's people gathered around Jerusalem up on a mountain hillside. And so, in other words, Israel was like a daughter to God in his care. And Christ's coming then was a word for the daughter of Zion, being true believers beyond some kind of fleshly association of being a Jew. That was the whole point of Palm Sunday. The same remains today how Jesus comes to the daughter of Zion, which is his church, with true believers in the gospel. That's it. That's those who believe it. It's for you. Anything else is simply smoke and mirrors. It doesn't matter what you want to talk about, what we want to covet in churches. It's all smoke and mirrors. Vain hope. Not a church, empty of Christ and the grace he gives to his believers. And so as his entrance was, to open to, was open to all in Jerusalem, there was no exclusion. He came in and everybody had ears to hear. So Christ among the daughter of Zion, his church, does not dismiss any from God's word. People come into our midst, praise be to God. They can hopefully, by God's grace, repent and believe the gospel. But really, it's for you who truly believe what Jesus brings by God's word. And so instead, a new church year, you see, is an invitation to hear the gospel fixed on Jesus and to be among those joined in the joy of his salvation. And here's the big question for today. And yet, does this coming of Christ bring, again bring comfort? Behold is the first word spoken. What a wake up that Isaiah says. Say, daughter of Zion, behold. And Isaiah says, shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many people. Jesus is the word become flesh, God's only son. And here's the thing. He knows all and holds all things in his hands, and he is aware of your heart's condition and mine. You can't get out of it. He knows it. He sees it more than we see our heart's condition. Some, as you know, have completely forsaken and abandoned this Lord, consumed again 
formerly Christians, but consumed again by their flesh and gratifications of the world. Maybe confusion has also caused by the darkness of sin, death, and Satan given us doubts or even fear about Christ's return. Beyond our sin, though, being sinned against also hurts, and the deeper the pain comes a deeper despair to set aside the comfort of Christ. You see what I'm getting at? Jesus knows our heart's condition. He knows the doubts. He knows that we want to have Christmas like we used to have. It won't be the Christmas you had before. People have died. People have sinned. You have sinned. But Jesus, who is this judge that comes? How will he judge me? And yet, behold, wakes up sinners for the sake of good news. Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, just in case you don't get it. It won't be a great white horse. Jesus is the king of kings, and ascending to him is no good, because this judge has come down to us out of his own goodwill as Savior. And it, how, does, how does it start? How does the Advent wreath end? With that judge who becomes flesh in a manger, made for us to be made perfect on the cross. Luther knows the answer of Advent. During a sermon he preached for Advent, he says, without a doubt, you do not come to him and fetch him. Jesus is too high and too far from you. Without your effort, with your effort, pains, and work, you cannot reach him, lest you boast that you had brought Jesus to yourself by your own merit and worthiness. No, dear friend, all merit and worthiness is defeated here. And there is nothing on your side but demerit and unworthiness. On his side, nothing but grace and mercy. As Jesus did not enter Jerusalem unaware of what would come of the cross, so he still comes with humility as the king known by grace to rescue us in body and soul. He comes still humble the crucified king of glory who reigns with the angels and archangels and all the saints and glories, but he comes humbly to us to comfort our bodies that have been sinned and have been sinned against in our souls to once again trust in him. So God's power to save with that is good news. His, he sighs with us in prayer dries our tears of repentance with forgiveness, protects us from grief, yes, over the very darkness when it gets pretty dark. And by his death, this Lord does work all good for any who love him. That's a good news, a promise. Mary would carry that. For nine months, and it brought good news not just for her, but to the whole world. God's power to save, then, is a miraculous thing. It stirs things up, and it can even stir up our life for Christ. As he comes, 
believing hearts respond to his advent among us. The word received from God also gives a sure word that can be confessed. How will you use Advent? Just to send out some cards, just to get together and eat a bit. I mean, that's all good. I hope to do a little bit myself. But Advent has a wonderful sound as we come to Christmas. You hear it. Hosanna! Which means God save. This is the daily life where the baptized praise our Lord Jesus. In the sacrament, we know this, we pray and celebrate those words you hear today about Christ's care for his church. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This praise and prayer over the king is more than for another church here. Filled with grace, but the furthering of his kingdom. That means his kingdom would be among us. More than words at his coming, isn't there, to Jerusalem. But there were active lives. I don't see many of you being the ones climbing the palm trees and pulling down the branches. Okay? That time may have passed. But there were garments that were laid down before Jesus too. What has come from Palm Sunday by Christ's sacrifice is a true advent before the world. It's been going on for 2,000 years. This advent. Our whole life is the palm branches and garments set before the path of Jesus. His coming is a victory at hand. And so you heard how seriously St. Paul said, the night is far gone. The day is at hand. Those are beautiful words this time of the year because there's far more night than day. But as true believers in the gospel, you know the light is growing. And that's why St. Paul says, Let us cast off the works of darkness, which includes despair and bemoaning, and put on the armor of light. God wishes to defend us. How? Well, the gospel is your defense. Sins forgiven, life everlasting, salvation that truly is secure, even if the whole world shakes. You know the judge that comes is Jesus our good Lord and Savior. The gospel is that defense then for good works, sacrifices, and a faithful witness that we need so much today against the darkness. Of course, depending on works would have made a mess of Palm Sunday. You know that. And it also destroys the point of a new church here with grace supplied by Jesus. The first Sunday in Advent brings God's power stirred up to save. There really is no weariness with Christ and his coming to us. When he brings the end as the judge, it's still got good news because it's to enter Jerusalem. And that is a promise of heavenly glory to be with him. And you will then truly sing Hosanna to our king. Not merely in heaven, but the resurrection of the body and truly a life of the world to come. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding guards your hearts and minds with his coming, both now and on the last day in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.